Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. That's right. We are Wagering Week. I am Tom Barton. Let me tell you guys. Facebook, Twitter has been exploding. I want to hear from you. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. That is how you get in touch with us. We have a lot to talk about today. Lots of good news from the betting front. We'll get into the 2020 numbers. Oh, I cannot wait to tell you how good it looks there. A couple of new rumors and news, things where the states might be. We'll get into some of that. Also, we're going to talk a little bit of Major League Baseball today. We do have Bakota came out. USA Today came out. They all came out with their standings and their numbers and what they think. I'm going to talk to you. Who am I having an eye for? And where do I think the numbers will open up at? We're going to talk about that. And a little touch on college basketball. Player of the Year award should be coming up soon. Who is the odds-on favorite and who do I think is going to win? So let's start it off right away with the sports betting handle for 2020. Look, I'm really, really encouraged. It is it is a fantastic thing. We had David Danzies on the show a couple of weeks ago, and David was telling us how well New Jersey did for the 2020 year. Now, remember, guys, we were in a pandemic. I know you can't forget that with your double masks and you're wearing the tissue box. Right? I, I get that. But I don't think people understand how impactful that was. First of all, people didn't have disposable income. I mean, that's number one. Number two... A lot of sports betting is done by people that are not sports bettors. A lot of sports betting is done by a guy that's playing roulette, wins 300 bucks, goes, ah, man, I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm going to go throw 300 bucks on Tennessee. I don't know why I picked that Tennessee. I'm just saying that's what happens. A lot of sports betting is recreational betting. A lot of futures plays. Are guys in a casino, you win a couple of hands of blackjack, you do well in a poker room, you hit a slot or two, or you're just going for a convention. I'm going for a couple of drinks, going on a bachelor party. Hey, you know what? I'm a Bears fan. I'll throw a couple bucks to the Bears. And you get those futures plays. Oh, you know what? I, I, love, uh, I, I love Aaron Judge. I think he's going to win the MVP. You have a lot of that that was missing this year. Besides losing March Madness, oh, by the way, did you forget that? Completely lost March Madness. Besides losing a giant chunk of the baseball season, you also lost all the futures. So setting up all the bad and the negative, and it was all bad and negative, losing March Madness was just absolutely detrimental. The casinos lost customers, the casinos lost casual people, the casinos lost all kinds of people coming in from different places, conventions and uh, situations. And then when you got back, you know what a lot of people told me? A lot of sports bettors told me, yeah, I'm not betting this year. Why not? Because it's a truncated season. I don't trust it. I heard that from baseball fans, heard that from hockey fans, heard that from NBA fans. I even heard that from football fans, especially college football. A lot of guys didn't want to dip their toe into the waters this year because of the uncertainty. The uncertainty of what if it gets canceled. The uncertainty of I'm not sure how the layoff affects them. I'm not sure how this case bothers them. I'm not sure if I could trust a pitcher in only a half a truncated season. Can I trust a hitter's stats? Can I trust that they're all playing down in a bubble or up in a bubble if it's the hockey in the NHL? So there was a lot of mistrust 
They lost out on March Madness completely, lost out on most of the baseball season, lost out a lot of the NBA season, a lot of the hockey season. There was cancellations in the NFL. There were problems in college basketball where the entire Ivy League was canceled. A lot of other teams just decided to not play. A lot of problems in college football. A lot of cancellations. A lot of that day, same day cancellations. That week, gone. We had a lot of issues. So when I pull up these stats, a sports betting handle in 2020, state by state, I grin from ear to ear because I know what the future is going to hold. And guys, I'm not even talking about 2021. Because in 2021, I still believe that we're going down a little trepidatious path, a little path of trepidation, right? A little path where, well, I do believe some baseball games are probably going to get pushed off and canceled. You're watching NBA games get pushed off. You're watching the NHL have a little problems here and there. I know the Devils didn't have, uh, you know, their full allotment. I, there is some of that going on. College basketball, now they're playing in a bubble. Maybe that'll shy people away. We won't be fully healed probably until 2022. And I don't mean to sound like Dr. Fauci over here. I'm just talking as a sports betting community. I don't think people will fully embrace it until 2022. So when I see these numbers, I smile. We also have to take into account that these places are not really competing with each other quite yet. Very soon that will happen. Very soon you're going to get a line where you might want a line in New Jersey and you're going to drive to Philadelphia. You'll drive the 45 minutes to go get the point and a half difference. We'll see a lot of that. A lot of these states also were not around to do futures plays. They are brand new. They're brand new into the system. And they really didn't have the influx of futures plays. That'll be changing as well. We also have the new bettors. New bettors that don't really know how. You know, they're going to bet their team, but they didn't know that I could bet an MVP. They're going to bet their team, but they didn't know I could bet a halftime line. There's in-game that's coming. So the sports betting landscape, sports betting community, we know that the windfall of money is still on the horizon. The windfall of money in this business is still ahead of us. We're not there yet. We're not where we should be. We're not where we project to be. And we're barely touching the expectations. We are the Titanic iceberg. Hate to tell, make it a bad thing, but we're the Titanic iceberg, okay? There's so much lying underneath, and we know that. So when I see these numbers, I once again smile. Let's get to the numbers. Top 10 U.S. states by sports betting handle. Number one, New Jersey. That's right. The Garden State in New Jersey did $6 billion in handle in 2020. $6 billion without March Madness. $6 billion without a full baseball season. $6 billion in a truncated NHL bubble, NBA bubble. $6 billion. You almost want to put your pinky up and say billion, $6 billion for New Jersey. Now, we knew anybody that with, with half a brain understood that once sports betting went over the landscape of the United States, there was going to be some competition. I remember getting into an argument in Las Vegas I, on my Las Vegas radio show years ago when I said once New Jersey enacted this, I said Jersey's going to compete. They're going to compete. And you heard David Danzi say that a couple of weeks ago, that me and David both said, look, they're going to compete with Nevada. Maybe not overall for a year, but month by month they'll compete because it almost has to, because the numbers. And this is why New York sports betting is so vital for New Yorkers to go get because 
It's going to humiliate. It will blow away anything New Jersey does. It's going to blow away anything Nevada does. Now, you had some morons, people that shouldn't be on the radio, uh, arguing and debating the nonsensicalness of, well, Nevada will always be king. Well, guess what? Didn't take too long because Nevada is not king. New Jersey, $6 billion, number one overall. Nevada, $4.3 billion. Pennsylvania, right on Nevada's tail, $3.6 billion. Indiana comes in at $1.8 billion. Illinois, $1.4 billion. Remember, they, they really uh, were only around for a very short time. Colorado, $1.2. Iowa, $575.2 million. West Virginia, $418.8 million. Mississippi, $363.8 million. And Tennessee, who's only been around for a short while, $312.3 million. So let's look at the big boys. Look, Tennessee's... Mississippi's Mississippi, by the way, I'm surprised they haven't expanded uh, more than they did. I'd be upset if I was Mississippi. Mississippi's the only t- the only state right now where I'd be a little I'd be a little distraught because they've been around for a while. They have the casinos right there. It's just uh, seemingly not taking off. West Virginia, smaller numbers. Iowa, Colorado. I'm not worried about that. So let's take the top five and let's have a conversation. We'll go from five. Illinois, 1.4 million. They've only been around a little while. Illinois last year, and we're talking about not 2020, but 2019, last calendar betting year, Illinois had no sports betting, but Mitch Trubinsky was getting more handle to win the MVP than anybody. The Chicago Bears and the Chicago White Sox had more handle than anyone to win the championship. The Chicago Black Sox, the Blackhawks had more handle to win the Stanley Cup than anyone. Illinois betters are just drooling to jump in on this market. I look at $1.4 billion as a drop in the bucket. There's no doubt to me that Illinois is going to surpass Indiana in short order. Illinois, can it get to the Pennsylvania mark? I think it can. Can Illinois get to the Nevada mark? Now we're having an interesting conversation. You're asking me, can can Illinois sports betting build, can they can their handle at $1.4 billion in just a little while compared to Nevada's. I think they can. I think there's going to be a point where Illinois is, is touching Nevada, maybe pass them a month or two here or there. Illinois has bright things for their sports betting future. Indiana, $1.8 billion. I expect them to be stagnant or go backwards because a lot of the Indiana sports betting was coming from Illinois. For those that don't know the makeup of the city, um, when we were going to do our live show at Soldier Field, and I was looking, I said, you know, we're going to do one show from Soldier Field. Uh, This was last year. We're going to do the show from Soldier Field, and then we're going to drive down, and we're going to go down into the casinos in Indiana, and we're going to do a show live from the sportsbook in in Indiana. And I didn't know exactly how close it was. It's about a half-hour trip, guys. (laughs) I mean, you know, so... I think a lot of that Indiana money right there and a lot of that Indiana handle is still coming from people from Chicago. That's where it's coming from. And it's coming from Illinois money. Um, it's probably coming from a lot of some Michigan money, which Michigan just enacted. They're going to be a player now. It's probably coming from some Iowa money, which I know Iowa did 575 of their own, but that's going to be coming over now. So I think Indiana, I, I can't say they're going to go down. But I don't think they're going to go up. I think they're going to be stagnant. I see Indiana where they are, which is why I do think Illinois is going to pass them by. And eventually Colorado should pass them by as well. Indiana will probably settle in at like six here when all is said and done. 
Now let's get into the big three. And there is a new big three because Nevada, you're not by yourself. And I don't mean to bash Nevada because you did get hurt more than anyone with no conventions. You got hurt more than anyone with no tourists. You got hurt more than anyone with no futures plays. I acknowledge that. But make no mistake, there's a big three. Jersey, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was 700 million away from Nevada in overall handle. Now, Pennsylvania, you look at and you think about how vast it is. That's already one component to it. But they also have the city of Philadelphia. Now, the city of Philadelphia does get siphoned a little bit from New Jersey and the Atlantic City area. For those that don't know, extremely close. You go down to Atlantic City, all you see are Eagles jerseys, Phillies jerseys, and the like. Because it's very close. You get lost. An hour away, it's about. So they are getting siphoned off as well, but it is still very vast. The Pennsylvania just situation is purely online. It's very much like New Jersey's. There are no gigantic casinos that you must see. Now you have some, but the sports books, they went full mobile. New Jersey went full mobile. And we're seeing the fruits of that. Again, as this starts to get to the East Coast, and as it starts to seep in, I know Maryland's coming in now, you know that Connecticut is trying to pass, and of course New York. I think Pennsylvania might stay stagnant. I don't expect any of them to go down. But when you're asking me for the short term, for 2021, will they surpass Nevada? I don't think they're going to surpass them, but I think they'll be competitive again. I think there's going to be a month or two where Pennsylvania could surpass Nevada. Looking at the big picture, though, I think there's a clear big three. I don't think that this is a two-man show. I don't think there's certainly not a one-man show in just Nevada. Now let's talk about them. $4.3 billion. It's a bad year for them. It's a bad year for them, but not really. Right? I mean, considering, if you don't even consider everything that happened, it's not a terrible year. And then you consider everything that happened. Nevada didn't get crushed like I think everybody believed they would. Nevada is sitting in a position where 4.3 in this kind of weird year, what, what would they get up to? You want to give them 6.3? You want to double it and give them 8? You know, in, in a non-COVID year, I think doubling it is a little crazy. And you have to remember, a lot of times people were flying to Vegas, go, I'm going to Vegas, you know what? I'll make my play there. I'll make my futures play there. They don't have to now. On the tarmac of the state that they're in, before they go to Vegas, they're already making a bet. I've done it. Other people have done it around the country. So I don't think Nevada can say we're hurt. I don't think Nevada can say, you know, we're not happy with the results that we have in any way, shape, or form. They got hurt the most. But in a sports betting situation, I think that's going to continue. I think Nevada understands that they're in a fight, and they're in a fight that they were not used to. There were articles written when New Jersey came out basically scoffing in Las Vegas at the idea that New Jersey could even ever compete, could ever get close to what Nevada did. They can't even get close to what they did. Well, they surpassed you, which brings us to New Jersey. Six billion handle in 2020 in a pandemic year. Take the most enthusiastic projections. I don't think anybody thought in 2020 New Jersey would be surpassing Nevada. Take the most enthusiastic projections. I don't know if anybody would have said $6 billion this year. The most enthusiastic projections didn't counter in 
the idea that March Madness was missed, that there was bubble teams, and there was all this. New Jersey, specifically even Atlantic City, is no longer a tourist destination like it once was. New Jersey still has room to grow. Dare I say New Jersey is now the sports betting capital of the world? Yeah, I said it. And I told you this when it happened originally. I said very, very clearly, I think New Jersey is going to pass Nevada. And they did. And it happened in short order. It's good for all of us. It's good for everybody that's listening to the show because you're involved in sports betting. That it's doing so well. That New Jersey and Nevada have some competition. That Pennsylvania is right there. That we have a big three. This is all good for all of us. So I wanted to start this off and talk to you about this because this is fantastic for our community, which is the sports betting community. With all this said, guys, New York is on the horizon. If Cuomo could get his head out of the you-know-what, maybe he'll be thrown out, of, out anyway. And you, when New York hits, and it's only a matter of time, maybe not in 21, probably in 22, but in the next year or two, these numbers are going to look dwarfed and silly compared to where New York's handle is. I'm going to go out here. I make projections all the time. I'm looking in 2020. I'm going to say for 2021. Let's have some projections here. And, you know, I know that, that uh, you know, Gary understands the marketplace. I know that, that you get it here, Gary. Tell me if I'm completely off base. New Jersey, $6 billion in 2020 with their growth, with sports being back. I think 2021, we're looking at at least $8 billion, probably 8.5. I would say that's about right. Okay. Nevada. 4.3, getting a little little fever back there, everyone going back there, right? Little conventions, they were 4.3. I think they're going to be at 7.5, maybe 8. Pens- right? I yeah, think, I, I think East Coast is uh, is going to continue to, to dominate. Pennsylvania, 3.6. I think you're right. They're going to be about 7. The reason why I gave those projections is this. If we're looking at New Jersey being about 8, Nevada being about 8, Pennsylvania maybe about seven. Where do you think New York will be? I think double digits is the bare minimum. I think New York getting a full year with online unrestricted, not by the lotto like Cuomo wants, full online unrestricted, have competing FanDuel, DraftKings, points bet, have MGM, have them all competing with against each other. I think you're going to see New, New York 10 12? Well, remember, some of that number will be uh, shared with New Jersey because New Jersey right now is where all of New Yorkers are going to you know, to place their bets. So there's going to be lower numbers in Jersey and uh, obviously more, uh, you know, stronger numbers in New York. And even lower numbers in Pennsylvania because I know a lot of people go that down too. to Pennsylvania, yeah. you know, they have that, that camp in the woods and a cabin in the woods to drive. I think it'll siphon off. I just think that the New York numbers are going to absolutely blow people's minds when they eventually get it and they get it the right way. But it's great. There's a great look. It was a bad year for sports, a good year for sports betting because they survived, they thrived. And that only means that other states are going to want more and more and more, which brings competition, which brings lines better, which helps us all out. 
All right, guys, let's take a quick break. On the way back, we're going to talk about a little Major League Baseball. The numbers are out. And College Basketball Player of the Year. Let's talk a little bit about that right after this on Wagering Week. I'm Gary Myers, the host of the podcast, the coach, Tom Brady. And you're listening to Tom Barton on the Sports Garden Network. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? That's right. Let's talk about it. I mentioned it. College Basketball Player of the Year. It's the Naismith Award. Well, there's a clear front runner here. Luca Garza is minus 1,000. The runaway favorite here. Jared Butler plus 425. Uh, Corey Kispert. Plus twelve to one. If you're looking at him, Io's twenty five to one. Jalen Suggs thirty five to one. Drew Timmy thirty five to one. And then you go down to guys that that are kind of out of this. Look, it's a one man show. You might say Jared Butler, but let's take a look at Luca Garza and what he's doing. Look, it, th- this award is done, and that is what are the odds, right, guys? Th- this award is finished, isn't it? This guy is crushing it. And those that don't know, he's a big man out of Iowa. Averaging 27 points per game, 62% from the field. College senior, he's just absolutely crushing, and he does it from outside to the big man. Garza is going to win the award. There's just almost no, I mean, look, there's just almost no other way to look at this thing. I'm not betting $1,000 to win 100 bucks, even with him. Jared Butler's not worth the dice roll. So I think the Naismith Award, I think it's pretty much been decided. Luca Garza is going to win the award. He's going to win the award, and he, I think he deserves the award. But I want to go through a couple of other players when we're looking at key players walking into the March Madness tournament. Garza's at the top. We get it. We understand you know, who he is and, and what kind of impact he can certainly have. But there are a lot of other players when you see, okay, wait a minute. Can this player elevate his game, and really take over. Because we watch this in March Madness. We often watch one player get red hot, usually from a smaller conference, and just dominate, right? Anybody remember Bryce Drew, right? Just absolutely dominate. So you have guys like Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy, but I don't think they're going to be really impactful here. Max Abrams. You, you look at some of these players that probably won't even get an opportunity to show off what they are. A player that I want to kind of concentrate on is is Lauren Jackson, right? Lauren Jackson from Akron is another player. I think he's a lot better. I think he's going to be an NBA prospect. Again, are these guys going to really be able to show off? And that's something you have to look at when you're going into the tournament. Who is that guy that's going to come out of nowhere? Because you almost always have that guy. Could it be an A.J. Green at a UNI? Could it be a Cam Thomas at an LSU? Is that the guy that's going to kind of dominate the early part of the tournament? I'm not saying go deep in, but the early part of the tournament, is that someone that's going to be able to step up and be the man? Because you have players like a Matt Lewis on a first-place James Madison that no one's ever heard of. No one's seemingly ever heard of. But I think a guy like Matt Lewis can step up. So it's something to pay attention to and something to watch. I wanted to touch on a little bit of college basketball. I know we've gone into it uh, pretty deeply last week, but I did definitely want to touch on it a little bit here. All right, now let's shift some gears, and let's just go into the conversation about Major League Baseball because 
in the last couple of weeks, Pakoda announced their numbers. So did USA Today. It's their projections. And that's all it is, is projections. But it does have an impact. It certainly has an impact on how Las Vegas and the lines makers in Jersey and the lines makers in Pennsylvania around the country are going to view wins totals. Pakoda is a really good estimate of wins totals. But it's also a projection of where people think this wins totals are. Now, I mentioned to you guys, and, and I'll go into it, I sat down with Rob Mish, who uh, wrote for San Diego Tribune, and he wrote an article about the San Diego Padres. And getting into the conversation, it was me um, and a couple other people in, in the business about San Diego. And seemingly everybody was head over heels, falling all over their own feet to jump on San Diego. Oh, they're so good. They're so great. This was right after Snell and right after Darvish. And look at what they've done. And Kim and I, I cannot say that they haven't done great job. I mean, just a fantastic job there. But I was the lone person that said, I'm going to be looking at them going under. And I got the crooked eye. What are you talking about? Why would you bet on this team to go under the total? Well, I had my reasons. We went over it. You know, I don't like the innings. I don't like this. But my number one main reason had to do with where I believed people would bet this line up to. And you have to take this into account. You have to understand, before we go into the actual numbers, which I'll get to in about five minutes, before we get into the actual numbers of all this, you have to understand it is a business that is driven by perception. Numbers are set by predictions, but perception drives the market. And when you're talking about perception, it's the public perception. The public loves the Padres right now. So if you're a line maker, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back and put my uh, my risk management hat on. By the way, they don't call them lines makers, right? They're risk managers. I'm a risk manager. I'm gonna put my risk manager hat on, and I'm gonna say, you know, if I was normally gonna set the San Diego Padres at 92 wins, well, the world seems to like them. Everybody loves them. It seems like they're going crazy. Twitter's going crazy about them. I'm gonna set it at 95. Let's see if I could get some people still going over on 95. And then if you get it at 95, people are still going over. Uh, you know what? Let's bump this up to 96, 97. And that's how the perception market works. Uh, everybody thinks the Pittsburgh Pirates are garbage. Oh, the Pirates are terrible. Absolute trash. Absolute trash. Everybody hates them. Oh, they're terrible. Uh, what number can I set it at? I was going to set it at 62 and say there's 100 wins, but everybody hates them. Everyone's going under. The market's plummeting under, 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 under. Uh, we'll set it at 58. This is how the market is set when you're talking about the wins totals, something that I love to take advantage of, especially in Major League Baseball. It happens in all sports, but in Major League Baseball, there's a lot of anomalies that go out there and people jump on what is going to happen long term. So much can happen in a baseball season. It's a very long season. Yo, in football, one game here, one game there kind of makes or breaks, uh, you know, did the team go over or under? In Major League Baseball, you oftentimes see a team blow out their projections by 10, 10 wins, 10 losses, one way or the other. So it's about perception. So when we go into these games, and I'm going to go into the wins totals here, when we start to have a conversation about wins totals, you have to understand this is just their projections. Then we'll come to a consensus between me talking it out with you, about where we think the market will be set. So first you have the projections, then you have the set market, and after you have the projections in the set market, then what do you do? Then you pick out your games. What I do in my process to walk you through it, before 
I read any Pakoda, before I read any USA Today, before I read any lines set by any lines maker out there, I set my own. I set my own lines. Where do I believe these teams should be? And I'm hoping for certain things. San Diego Padres, I am hoping, opens up at a number that I could bet the under. I'm hoping that they get to the under. Now, if they don't, if they open up at 91, I'm not going to go under that number because it's not where I was. Don't marry into your team. And you could still like the Padres, still be a Padres fan, still think they're going to win the World Series. But if the number that you add is, I think they're going to win 93, 94 games, and the lines maker set the over-under at 95, don't go over just because. And we do see a lot of just becauses in this situation. We see a lot of that just becauses. So I do want to go into all that. I want to have a good conversation, break down Pakoda, break down USA Today, go into that deeply. But first, let's bet. To the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet, bet to, the, to future. the future. Bet to the future. Well, we're talking a little bit about Major League Baseball. Nolan Arenado was on the move a little while ago. Let's see how the division odds have moved. NL Central division odds. St. Louis is now about plus 115. Cincinnati Reds, plus 325. Milwaukee Brewers are plus 380. Chicago Cubs, plus 4-1. to one. And the Pittsburgh Pirates at 50 to 1 to win the division. Yeah, the Cardinals went from about plus 240 to about plus 115. Depending on where you're shopping, you could still get a 150. Even a 200 is laying out there. The Cubs, when the season ended, they were co champions. They were supposed to be di- directly head to head in the odds with the Cardinals to win the division. Same thing with the Reds right behind them. Well, all these offseason moves, and the Cardinals have become the prohibitive favorites. And that is bet to the future. All right, guys, listen. I mean, it's Major League Baseball. I know that you're sitting there and you're thinking about March Madness on the mind. I know that. And you still probably have hockey on your brain. I get it. But Major League Baseball is right around the corner, and we have to start taking a look at how can we make some money early on here. And early on here, I'm going to give you the Pakoda Index. We're first going to start with the AL. Then we're going to jump to the NL. This is the wins total from Pakoda. Yankees, 96, Blue Jays, 86, Rays, 85, Red Sox, 80 and a half, Orioles, 64. White Sox, 91 and a half, Twins, 90, Indians, 81 and a half, Royals, 72 and a half, Tigers, 66. Astros, 90, Angels, 85, A's, 84, Mariners, 71 and a half, Rangers, 66. Now let's compare them to USA Today. Yankees, 94, Tampa Bay, 88, Toronto, 87, Boston, 80, Baltimore, 60. Chicago, 89. Minnesota, 87. Cleveland, 82. Kansas City, 72. Detroit, 61. 89 for Houston. 86 for Oakland. 82, Los Angeles. Seattle, 72. Texas, 69. So you do see a little bit of discrepancy here, right? We have 96 to 94 for the New York Yankees. It's not a team that I would bet. I'm not taking that. I'm a Yankee fan, and I'm not taking it because you're talking about such a slim margin. I don't want to go over because... I worry about their number two, three, four starters, and I certainly don't want to go under because I think that the division is a little weaker this year, and it still is the Yankees who we see all the potential out there. Toronto's an interesting case because Toronto, USA Today, has them at 87 wins. Well, Pocota has them at 86 and a half, but in second place. 
Toronto, we don't even know where they're playing. Are they playing in Dunedin? I don't believe in their, their starting pitching. But their offense is just so explosive. It's hard to look past them being that explosive. I wanted to take the Blue Jays under because I thought everybody would be on the Blue Jays. But I see numbers like this come out, 86, 87. I think they could win 90 games, so I'm not going to touch it. The Rays, 85 by Pakoda. The Rays, 88 by USA Today. The Rays are another team I thought would take a step back this year. I don't believe that Randy Arena is going to hit home run every single at-bat. I think Blake Snell leaving has got to impact this team. 88 wins seems like a lot, but the 85 doesn't seem like that much. This is one of those in the middle, probably a team I'll stay away from, but I'm real interested to see where it opens up. Boston, I wanted to go under. I thought that they would open up at about 82, 83 wins. Well, Bakota has them at 80 and a half. USA Today has them at 80. So my under bet for Boston might not be there because I think they're an under 500 team. Baltimore losing 60 games by USA Today and or winning 60 games by USA Today and Orioles at 64. If it's 60 or it's 59, I'm going over. Other than that, I won't. I won't touch it. Let's go to the Central. White Sox 91 and a half. They both think that the White Sox are going to win. Everybody seems to like the White Sox. I thought the White Sox might be a buying under opportunity only because so many people were on them. But I'm seeing right around 90. I think they could win 90 games. It's a very weak division, a lot of beat-up teams. So I'm not going to touch that. The Twins, the same thing. 90 wins there, 87 wins there. Not a team I'm going near. Cleveland, 81 and a half and 82. Another team that I thought, you know, they might sell off. They might still be in the move. They're going to miss Lindor. I think Bieber takes a step back this year. I do like their bullpen, but I think it's set right. It's very hard to go against the Central when you know they're going to beat up on the bottom two teams, Kansas City and Detroit. Kansas City, 72 wins, 72 and a half. I sort of like KC over. I think they have a lot of potential. I was hoping this would be into the 60, 69 or so. Now I'm seeing 72. I may pull off that bet. But there still is a buy opportunity if it does come in low. Detroit, 61 and 101 and then 66. It's a big difference. It's a five-game difference. I'm not going to take Detroit, but again, if you're betting against a team to lose 100 games, there's already two in USA Today that you could take the over. Houston, 89 wins. Houston, 90 wins. That's about right. No buying opportunity there. Oakland, 86 wins. I get Oakland wrong every year. 84 wins. It's about right. I'll agree with it. Right in the middle, 85. Not a buying opportunity there. The Angels are a team I was hoping to buy on. I thought they'd be over 500. I see 82 wins, and I see 85 wins. At 85, you're priced out of the market. You give me an 81 or an 82, which is where I thought it would come in, I'll be looking at going on the over for the Angels. Mariners, 71 and a half. I think they're an exciting team. 72 over here. If you give me 71, 72, I might be tempted to take a shot. The Rangers, 69 and 66 and a half. I'm not going near the Rangers. I don't like their pitching. I'm not sure how that ballpark plays. I think this is a little insulting, though, at 66 and a half. I, I, you're telling me that they're going to be as bad as the Tigers? That I don't see. Let's go to the NL where I, I believe that there are more buying opportunities and certainly more discrepancy. The Mets at the top, I keep hoping that the Mets keep coming in and get bet up to 94, 95, and I'll go under. Well, Pakoda has them at 92 and a half, 93 in the National League East for USA Today. Oh, but it's not them. 
USA Today has them at 86 wins. That's a seven-win difference, guys. So now I'm all confused. I believed everybody was going to jump on the Mets. Everyone was going to love them. I could go under. But USA Today comes out with only 86 wins, and I'm starting to think, you know what? I'm not going to have a buying opportunity here. I mentioned 93 wins. They have 93 wins, but that's for Atlanta. The Braves 91 for Bacota. I'm not going over. I like Atlanta. I think Atlanta has a good shot at winning the World Series this year. I really do. I think Atlanta's a powerhouse. Asking somebody to win into the mid-90s is a lot. Nationals 84, Nationals 85, that's about where they are. I'm not going to go anywhere near it because I don't know Strasburg and Scherzer, their health. I'm worried about them. The Phillies at 83 and the Phillies at 83, both of them. If the number comes out at 83, I might be inclined to take a shot at the over. Aaron Nola very well could be a Cy Young candidate. I think he could win it even in that stacked National League. Bryce Harper is still swinging a hot bat. The guy could win the MVP any year. You still like Reese Hoskins. I like that they brought back Real Muto. I like that they secured that bullpen. I look at Philly and I go, they might be that sleeping giant. You got the one-two with Aaron uh, Nola and Wheeler. You got a good lineup. To me, Philadelphia is one of those teams that you look at and you go, maybe a buying opportunity. But if you don't buy there, buy on Miami. 75 and 67 and a half. If this is anything under 70, guys, and there's an eight-game difference, so people don't know what to make of the Marlins. I am all over the Marlins. I love their starting pitching. I am a big fan of what they're doing at the top, starting pitching-wise. You can't tell me that the Marlins are going to lose, you know, 95 games with a rotation that goes as deep and as good as they are. This is a Marlins team. Why are we still sleeping on them? I know that they over uh, look. They overexceeded expectations last year. Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez, Alicia Hernandez, Trevor Rogers. That's a one, two, three, four, five. I mean, that is fantastic. Throw Starling Marte into the mix. Brian Anderson's a player. John Birdie's got some speed. Aguilar's a player. I like this Miami team over. It's one of my better bets. How about Cardinals 85 and then Cardinals 90? I think the Cardinals are going to win the division. I kind of just told you guys that. I think the Cardinals win this division generally with ease, but I can't go over 90 wins. Part of the reason why I think the Cardinals win the division is the division is so bad. So maybe I should be thinking over 80 or over 90 wins, but to me, 85 is a comfort zone. You give me over 85 wins, I'm taking a shot. I think they win right around 90 games, 88, 89, maybe 90. If this comes in at a reasonable number, guys, and I now fear with the Arenado move that it won't come in at that reasonable number, I think it's going to be bet up. If the Cardinals come in at a reasonable number, I'll be on that. Pakota has the Brewers at 83 and a half. 83 for USA Today. I won't touch it. I don't like the starting rotation. I just I can't go on a team to win consistently throughout the year that doesn't have a starting rotation. Cubs, 82 USA Today. Cubs, 81. It's about right. I think they're a 500 team. When Chris Bryant does get dealt, um, the number will probably fall, and you might be able to get a chance to go over, but I wouldn't touch it. 81, kind of where I think they should be. Reds, just underneath that, 79 and a half and 79. Again, Reds are where I think they're, they're, they're both fledgling 500 teams, and both centrals. Uh, have bad teams to beat up on, like the Pirates. Pakota has them at 62 and a half, and that was favorable because USA Today has the Pirates losing 105 games, winning just 57. 
guys, if this number comes in in the 50s, <laughs> I think I have to take the over. I know the Pirates are bad. I get it. The Pirates are, are ab- abysmal this year. But there's nobody in this division I'm terrified of. There's nobody in this division I'm going, he's going to, oh, oh man, they're going to beat up on the Pirates every single game. I don't think the Pirates are good, but I don't think they're 105 losses bad. Let's go to the West, where I think there is the biggest buying opportunity. I'm going to go work backwards to forwards here. Rocky, 63 and a half. Rocky, 66. Everyone's down on Colorado. I might get a buying opportunity here if it's in that low 60s range. They still have Jermaine Marquez. They still have John Gray. They still have Tapia. They still have Trevor Story, one of the top 10 players in the game. They still have some stuff going on. And they're going to be in a division where they get to play San Francisco. They get to play San Diego. Uh, I'm sorry, Arizona. Yeah, you got to play San Diego and L.A., but I don't know. If it's in the low 60s, I might take a stab. 76 for San Francisco, 75 and a half. I'm not touching San Fran. I don't believe in them. I don't believe in their pitching. I don't believe in their hitting. If anything, I would go under. But at 75, 75 and a half in this week division, I don't love it. Arizona, 77, same situation. 77, 76, I think they're about right. I don't think they're a 500 team, but I don't have the guts to go under there. So here are the two most intriguing teams. The San Diego Padres, who I believe will get bet up to about 97 wins, 96 wins maybe, Pakoda has them at 94 and a half. USA Today has them at 95. Well, that would win both of my unders if I get to my 96 number. I think this this will be bet up. When the when it first comes out, I think 94 is a reasonable number. I think 94 is the number that the sports books will release. It's a Padres team that people like. It's a Padres team people are jumping on. I believe that the sports books will release a 94 number for them. They're going to release 94. It will quickly be bet up to 95. And I will wait. And I'll wait right up into opening day if I have to. To grab that under, I want it to sit at 96 or higher. If it's at 95, I still might go under. At 94, I may not. Because the division is so bad. I may not. But I have problems here, and I've expressed those problems. Nobody on that pitching staff, nobody can go deep into games. And forget about deep into games. Nobody's pitching 180 innings. Major League Baseball still says we're going 162 here. Chris Paddock, injury history, doesn't pitch that many innings. Never pitched that many innings. Hugh Darvish, injury history. Blake Snell gets pulled out of the fifth inning. I get it, but he just doesn't go deep into game. Their whole whole rotation, Dindelson, Lament, keep going. The entire rotation is filled with guys that A, don't go deep into games, B, don't rack up innings, and they're all injury risks. So I'm not telling you that San Diego can't win the Super uh, the World Series this year. I'm telling you that San Diego is a team that you look at and you go, yeah, I like you much better for the playoffs than I do for the regular season. So your wins total is something I'm not going to go near. Which brings us to the Dodgers. Pakoda has the Dodgers at 100 and a half wins. USA Today has the Dodgers at an absolutely ridiculous 105 wins. I'm not saying that it's ridiculous because the Dodgers can't get there. I'm telling you it's ridiculous to assume that a team could win 105 games. Now, you want me to poke holes in the Dodgers? It's going to be a hard hard sell, man. Just re-sign Justin Turner. you got to love their lineup with Bellinger and, and the like, and, and Mookie, obviously. you got to like them. Fortify their bullpen. Blake Trannon's back. I think Gratterall will be better. Kenley Jansen, I think he's going to be better than he was in the playoffs. you got to like him. I love their rotation. But there are limitations. Clayton Kershaw is not going to be pitching 200 innings this year. Walker Bueller not going to be pitching 200 innings this year. 
go through the Dodgers rotation and you go through the top one, two guys, no one pitches that many innings. Now, you can tell me that Derek May and, and these guys at Gosselin, they're going to help out. Yes, they are. They are, certainly are. But 105 wins, everything has to click. 105 wins, you can't have a hiccup. You can't have Kershaw miss a month. You can't have Walker Bueller, you know, have a blister for three weeks. Everything has to click for 105 wins. Now, for that turn, I don't think the sports books are going to set this at 105 wins. I think they'd be insane to do so. I do, however, think it's going to be 100 or 101, just because the volume on the Dodgers are coming in. Now, does anybody have guts to go under? I'm not the guy. I am not the guy to go under for the Dodgers, I'll tell you that. Uh but I certainly don't see the over being any kind of value or any kind of play. So I wanted to touch on a little bit of Major League Baseball, a little bit of Major League Baseball this week. It's getting close, guys. And use these numbers for what the market is kind of telling you where it's going to be, but don't let this be the end-all, be-all. Write your own numbers down, write your own concepts down, and say, this is where I think this team should be. This is where I think this team should be. This is where I want it to be for me to make a bet. I think the San Diego Padres are going to win 91 games this year. That's what I think. I will not bet them to go under if it's 92 or even 93. I'm asking myself to get to 95. And that's how you do this. The Dodgers, I think the Dodgers win 101 games this year. That's what I think. But I'm not going to bet them to go over that if it's 99 or 100. And I'm not going to bet them to go under it if it's 101 or 102. You've got to be in a situation where you got to be blown away. The New York Mets are a perfect example. You know, I wanted to go under if they're about 94. I think they're a 90-win team. But if they come in at 86, well, I'm not going to change my bet, but I'm certainly going to pull off of it. right? I'm not going to still go under there. So there are certain teams, certain uh, looks that you're really looking at. Uh, I wanted the Red Sox to go under 500. I think under 81, not sure if I'm going to get that. I wanted Kansas City to be into the high 60, 69 or so, even 70. Not sure if I'm going to get there with them, right? I don't know if I'm going to be able to to get there with the Angels. I wanted the Angels at about 81, 82 wins. Not sure if we're going to get there. I wanted the Mariners at about 70 wins. We'll see if we get there. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get the Cardinals at 85 wins. I'd like that, and I will go over, but I don't know. The only team that I'm pretty convinced right now that on a team total basis, maybe even Philly, by the way, but the only team I'm really pretty pretty convinced, I'm pretty convinced I'm going to get the Marlins at about 70 wins. The sports books might open up at even 71, and I like the over. I think they push for 500 this year. So for me, my betting number is I'm hoping it comes in at 70 or 71. I'll bet it all the way up until like 77. Yeah. So I have that much of a range on the Marlins. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.